for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome, everybody, to the Blue Collar Elk Academy podcast. We call this the reunion episode because for the first time ever, Chav and I travel out of the state of New Mexico to hunt and go down and meet up with our Elk Bros buddy Gilbert Ornelas down in South Texas hunting pigs. It was dynamite, and it was even better because our other brothers from camp got a chance to join us there, and it really was a true reunion. We sit around and we talk about the things that we've done together in elk camp. We talk about some of our relationship. We talk about some of the things that have made elk hunting together so special. At the end of that, we start to talk about elk calling confidence, but because of time constraint, I really didn't get that covered the way I wanted to. So in the episode following this one, we're going to go back and revisit elk calling confidence. I want to make sure that you hear all the different things that we want to give and the great content that we want to have for you. So in this episode, enjoy the reunion. Enjoy what makes us really feel so good about spending our time together and the fulfillment and the memories that we make together. So without no further ado, here goes the next episode of Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome back to the show and welcome back to Elk Camp. It's Gilbert Ornelas here in the house live at a Lost and Hole Ranch in South Texas. We've got the guy, Joe Gillia, Leroy Chav Chavez, and a few other guests that we're going to introduce Coming up here, we're going to talk about confidence, just like we had on our last show. We're going to cover a plethora of things tonight. You're not going to want to miss it. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? And they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. 
So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Welcome back to Elk Camp, guys. I'm the host of the show, Gilbert Ornelas. Tonight we have two on my left right here, the guy, Joe Gillia, in the house from Cimarron, New Mexico, Leroy Chav Chavez, and I'm going to turn it over to Joe. We're going to talk tonight about confidence and a whole plethora of other things, but after, but now I'm going to turn it over to Joe so he can introduce our surprise. <laughs> well, uh, you guys out there that are listening and are tuning into our show, we uh, we appreciate you having, and, and you're in for something special because basically what you're going to see tonight is you're going to see a reunion here, a reunion and some additions. So, uh, you know, Chab and I, we got in the vehicle, and, man, it was a drive, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, y'all had to come through a blizzard. What about ten, ten and a half hours, or was it more than that? Uh, it was probably, I mean, we were pushing that 12-hour mark. Yeah. Uh, came through a blizzard in New Mexico. And, yeah. And a lot of rain down here in Texas when we came through and until we got down, but... Uh, we told Joe he didn't have to try to come down here just to hunt these little old hogs <laughs> and uh, come down here and join us. But he said, you know, you guys can drive through a hurricane to come elk hunting. We're going to drive through a snowstorm. Doggone straight, man. It was going to happen. And, and the chance to have all of us together, Amen, other brother. than an elk camp, yes, uh, is just something that is just huge, special. And, Unique. You know, uh, we only have so many seasons in our life, y'all, right. and... and you know, we're always talking about to other people about the best way to stay sharp, to keep your confidence up is to hunt other critters, to do some things, hunt small game. And, you know, uh, the chance for Chav and I, first time ever we've ever hunted out of the state of New Mexico. We In the great state of Texas, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> we've got them down here. They're going to talk to you a little bit about hog hunting and everything else and Joe, I know we got some special guys here that you want to introduce yeah, to our left. Yeah, and before I get going with that, um, uh, I want to thank yourself, uh, and I want More to thank welcome, Kenny man. Mack here over to the side, and I want to thank, and, and for all you guys out there uh, that you hear us talking about our Venezuela mafia, <laughs> we have them in the Live, house here tonight. in charge, right uh, there, Luis Gonzalez on the end, Manano Catron, a key, right there, buddy. The, That's right. The Thank Venezuelan mafia in the house. Thank you. One of my best friends, Kenny Mack. We call him Kenny Mack. His name is Ken McCorkle out of Spring, Texas. Can't thank you enough for joining us, brother. Thank you all for having me. This yeah. guy and I are partners in crime and a whole lot of things, but at the end of the day, Ken's one of my brothers, and we just wanted him here to meet uh, the gang out of New Mexico and our elk brothers for sure. And you know, the that's the awesome thing, though, about the friendships that you create as hunting. You know, and we talk to people about blue-collar elk hunting. Well, blue-collar hunting in itself, you know, being able to do things um, that you normally wouldn't be able to do, and here we are in Texas, and, you know, it, it cost us a, a, a license of about $48 and, and gas. You know, Thank you, and, Governor Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have just really, I mean, this has been phenomenal. We were like, what kind of food do we need to bring? What do we need? And you're like, just get your butts down here. We got it all covered. And, and that's pretty doggone special, and that really touches me in, in, inside and 
you know, it's an experience for me and Chad that we've never had before. And this well, is Joe, it's twofold fun. for us. We get to spend precious time with our brothers uh, that love to hunt, but more importantly, we get to do what we love to do here in Texas, which we we really get to hunt year round, just about, and and keep our skills sharp. These little hogs, y'all understand, you know, y'all come to realize that they're not just dumb. You know, fat, dumb, and happy. These these critters out here are hunted every day. Uh, they try to stay alive from everything out here trying to kill them. If it ain't the weather, it's another critter trying to kill them. So, I mean, it's true. So, you know, we appreciate you coming down here, helping us on the conservation sh- side right. of our ranch. Uh, these are true nuisance animals to the state of Texas. Sure. I mean, the state of Texas has actually declared it a state of emergency. Wow. In some of counties in Texas, there are bounties on on uh, feral hogs. So this ranch is... We're is, emergency workers, child. Yes. Much <laughs> like emergency workers, y'all are down here helping us. Uh, you know, these hogs actually do harm a fawn population when it's slim pickings down here. These hogs, they, they depredate the land for the farmers around here. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, you walk around out here long enough, you'll find one of these holes that these hogs dig, and you'll about break a leg trying to trying to, uh, trying to to work, you know, trying to walk around out there. So right. um, we appreciate you guys coming. Uh, we got a lot of content to go on today. We want to thank everybody out there at elkbros.com. We want to thank you for rating us. We want to thank you for listening to us. You know, if you have any questions, please write us at info at elkbros.com. You know, we're here live tonight out of South Texas with Joe Gillia out of Cimarron, New Mexico, and Leroy Chav Chavez, my brother Kenny Mack, and the Venezuelan Mafia. We're going to throw a lot of content at you tonight. One of the things that we were talking about, uh, and it's kind of funny because we had this thing already rung up, and uh, one of the guys, myself, Right here, I, I forgot to push record, so I'm going to take the hit on that. This uh, is our second time. So this is the this, second John. take, uh, so I wanted to be real truthful with our listeners. Uh, uh-huh. This is our first remote podcast where Ever, we've done it. Right. Yeah, that we've done. So I mean, First of many to come. First of many to come. We're right. going to be coming to you live in September from Elk Camp That's on exactly top of right. a mountain. Woo-hoo. We won't tell you where, but we'll tell you exactly <laughs> it'll be from Elk Camp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be bogarting the location, but at the end of the and day. Gilbert, before, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, just tell everybody, make sure that they have some history. And, you know, when we talk about Elk Bros and you, know, you and I met, God, going on 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, like I have said before, Chav and I have hunted together for about 37 years. And we pretty much have always hunted just together we've had one or two friends have come into our elk camp and you know yourself you and i developed a bond uh you developed a bond with chav immediately and um i've always trusted your um the people that you travel with the people that you associate with your decision making and that and when you know when you brought Luis into into camp the first time man i tell you I tell people all the time his enthusiasm. The first time I met him, when he I came had the out. wild Venezuelan and the crazy Canadian. <laughs> That's right, old Tucker. Yeah. We're gonna give a shout out to my brother Steve Tucker. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. He was definitely there, and uh, you know, uh, Tucker and and 
and Luis came in and you know I don't know if they knew what they were getting into when we brought him into that back country Absolutely but not. <laughs> I tell you what I mean this guy got up every day you know you we just, didn't get into camp to two o'clock in the oh morning my and gosh. he got up and went elk hunting yeah, he, he got up that first morning, morning. Yeah. he liked to die I told him he's, he's crazy <laughs> I couldn't I wouldn't have you know but you just purely love to hunt he does and, you know he, the type of things that he does and how he acts when he's out there just honors the hunt and that's something to us that's very important you know we just don't let anybody into our camp and i want y'all to completely understand that that thank you we don't hunt with just anybody and you know when we had luis that first year it seemed like luis was always on the phone and you know he's rattling off you know <laughs> we're not understanding everything he's saying but i'm like who are you talking to and he's like oh manano is this guy you know he's my best friend and he would love to be here and in fact the first year that manano came to camp out there you didn't even have the opportunity to elk hunt oh yes sir he was came chef he came and cooked. This yeah, man, we gained weight on that. Yeah, we oh gained weight. Gosh, and look, man, we, it, and look, listen, people. We go 12, 15 miles a day, and it's hard hunting. We gained weight. I <laughs> <laughs> never gained weight on a hunt until Manano came and cooked for us. Yep, five star <laughs> chef. Five star chef. Yeah, yeah definitely. We'll call, we'll call it food abuse. My, my and then show. Food abuse. Your second hunt with us or your third hunt with us, you took your first elk? Uh, 2000. It was a second hunt. Second hunt. Yeah. Second hunt. Second, second hunt. Yeah, first, second elk, hunt. first hunt. Takes, takes his first elk. First elk hunt. First elk hunt. Yeah, right. Sure. And, you know, the the thing is, is that for you guys to get history on that, um, they had put into a hunt in New Mexico and didn't draw. And, you know, all of a sudden they're giving me calls and said, you know, if we get a bear tag or a turkey tag, we just want to come to elk camp with you guys. And Manano's like, go either way. <laughs> <laughs> and Manano's like, you know, I'll, I'll cook the whole time. That's all I, I want to do. And, you know, he says that, but these guys are both, Tweedledee and Tweedledum over here, you know. <laughs> they just did peas and carrots. Oh, you're yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> they bring yeah. the they bring the comedy too. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Laurel it's, Hardy ain't got nothing on these two. Yeah. You know, um, we talk a lot about what our goal is as your elk coaches in teaching you to be successful. And we talk about success and the way we measure it in being that you fill your tag. We're trying to help you to do that. But you've also heard us say a lot of times that it's not just about the kill. And and I know that sounds conflicting in the way I'm saying that, that we're teaching you and helping you to accomplish to kill your elk. But it's not all about the kill. And, uh, man, the fulfillment, the friendships, the lifelong um, memories that we've had because of our time together. It's like you get done with one September and you cannot wait until the next one. No, I'm, burn, I'm burning days, man. Right. I can't wait. <laughs> you know? It's resets. been crazy good. Right. You know? yeah. uh, so in May of last year, Ken and I started a. Well, it was in June for me, but Ken had already started, and we got to give props to Ken. Ken was a year ago was three hundred pounds, and he's 
probably in the mid two twenties now. I hate and his guts. I, I'm going to talk uh, about that in a second yeah, too. And, and <laughs> he really helped me understand my body as I'm maturing. I like to say that instead of getting <laughs> as I'm maturing. maturing uh, we just love to be around the elk woods and and learn how to elk hunt. But more than anything, I think we enjoy our company together right. in yeah, elk camp. For right? sure. And uh, these guys are the reason for that. Elk Bros is derived because of that. Right. Uh, and, and we're the stuff that I've learned from Chav and from Joe, we want to pass on to other guys that are blue-collar elk hunters, right, uh, right. from all walks of life. Sure. Um, we appreciate everything that you guys have done for us out there. Again, any questions that you might want to ask us, please go to info at elkbros.com. Please send us, our, you know, rate us on Facebook, rate us on Instagram, rate us on uh, YouTube and all the other channels that are out there, our podcast. That's how we gain feedback from how well we are doing. So, you know, moving forward, you know, Joe talked a, a lot about uh, a confidence in, in our last podcast. And these guys have instilled that confidence in me every day that I can go out, not just in elk hunting, but in life and conquer my fears. Um, we talked about spirituality in camp a lot. Um, this, for me, when I when I asked to go elk hunting with Carl Gamage 10 years ago, I, I was pretty broke as a person, right? And I say that, monetarily, no, I wasn't broke, but right. uh, I needed some help. And uh, I found it on that mountain. My wife laughs at me. She said, do you guys just sit up there and cry all day and everything? <laughs> Hug one another and whatnot? And I yeah. said, well, kind of. Yeah. Sometimes, I, you know. Uh, it's, it was really a group of guys that came from like, like situations in life. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they recommended a book to me. And uh, I know Luis going to talk about it. I, I felt the same way when I met Luis and he was going through some things in his life. And I said, look, I'm going to give you a little thing that a guy gave me a while back. And it's a book to read. Um, I gave it to Luis. He didn't like me very much for the first few chapters, <laughs> uh, but I didn't like these guys either for the first few chapters. The book's called the shack. Um, it changed my life. Um, it's a spiritual a book about spirituality. Everybody will get something different out of it. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. I think it's important. Uh, if you're struggling with anything, people, it's a great book to read. Uh, it, you will get something different than I got out of it. Everybody does. Um, I'll let Luis speak to a little bit of different what I, he got out. Absolutely, of it. and I, you know, I'm going to take a quick step back and 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 thank you guys as well. You know, thank you for having us. Um, it, it's meant a lot for us to be able to hunt with you guys and and now make it a tradition. You know, uh, we've we've I've been with you guys for three seasons. Manano uh, has been with you guys for two seasons, and it, it becomes the event that we look forward to throughout the entire year. You know, we we gear up through the entire year. We practice through the entire year just to, you know, go to that time and place where we can unplug from the world, our busy lives, and then come in touch with nature and our spirituality. So, <clears throat> as we talk hunting with confidence. I'm going back to what you're saying uh, there, um, uh, Beto, is that, you know, it's so important to be right on the inside, too, whenever you're actually going out on a hunt, because it reflects in how 
you perform during the hunt as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the amount of knowledge that we have, you know, learned, we've, we've learned from you guys, uh, just by hanging out with you guys, looking at you, listening to what you guys do and why you do it and how you do it. it it's been incredible at the same time, you know, that is spirituality, those moments, those laughs, those those deep conversations that take place at night camp yeah at night uh, during elk camp eating you know the wonderful food, food that manano uh, oh puts gosh. together uh, it's just uh, those are moments that just make us grow as human beings and i just want to say that hunting is you know it's yeah like you said it's it's part it's part harvesting an animal but it's mainly growing as a person, respecting wildlife, um, res having respect for the animal, um, showing that respect by practicing and, and, and putting that effort, putting that work that you guys talk in your po right. podcast, which is kind of the hardest thing to do, right? Um, it, you know, all those experiences in elk camp make you become a better person. Um, during El Camp is when you share that, that that story about the book, The Shack, and and just like you said, you know, I was going to hate it initially. I did, but at the same time, the message is left with me about forgiveness and about, um, you know, how much how much how much different we can look at the world uh, when our when our heart is clean, and we all have those dark spots in our hearts. And and again, going back to these mountains looking at these majestic animals and sharing this with friends, it just helps cleanse that, that those spots in the heart, make you a better person. And, and, and to me, that's what all the hunt is about, you know, and I can't thank you guys enough for it. I'm, I know Manano, I've went on a, on a rant about just talking, saying all these <laughs> things, but I know Manano well, feels exactly the same way. You know, like I said, we don't share a camp with just anybody. And, um, you know, we're real picky about who we ride the river with. And, you know, uh, one thing that Gilbert has hit the nail on the head several times and uh, we've never been disappointed is that um, you guys are just incredible human beings. So uh, those are the type of people you want to surround yourself with that you want to have there. And for you guys there, you know, you can see the, an oddball sitting over here to the side of me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kenny Mack, uh, when, when we came in here to camp, um, he actually drove out because he's heard about all of this and just wanted to come out and, and meet us. Is that pretty much, that was it, you know, cause we had, uh, things to take care of and things to do back in Houston and, Gilbert told me you guys were coming from New Mexico, and of course our friends over here were coming, and I'd never met Manano until the, this weekend as well, so I was like, man, I hear all these stories about these guys, and this is my opportunity to come down and meet everybody and be a part of the brotherhood here, and uh, I wasn't going to miss it for the world, so. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I kind of, I'm that type of person that, you know, who I you know, first of all, we're in y'all's place here, and you guys, your hospitality has been incredible. And I know that uh, Kenny's a big part of that hospitality, and he drove in, and, you know, this guy's a jack-of-all-trades. I think he's out there fixing <laughs> a water pump today. and Plumber I mean, well. he just, yeah, he's just incredible with that stuff. But, you know, I kind of sit back, and, and I observe people. I, I, 
I knew what kind of, you know, person Luis was just after the first two hours that I met him. And, I, you know, I've spent a lot of hours with this guy. And, you know, Chav and I are, are brothers from another mother for a long time. And, uh, you know, Manano when, when he came in. But, you know, I sat back and, you know, we have now recruited Kenny to come into the group. This is going to be our cameraman slash cook. Slash He's been broke out a lot of times, Joe. <laughs> He'll make a hand, I promise you. <laughs> you know, but what I want you to know, and one of the real things that impressed me about Kenny is that um, we were sitting there, and I, I get to see a photograph of him from a year ago at 300 pounds. And, you know, I, I looked at you, dude, and I was like, this guy's a friggin' hoss, man. I mean, he is just, you are a physical specimen, and what you have done, the work you've put in, you know, to uh, give the gift of a longer life to yourself and to your family, you know, that was hugely impressive to me. And just the time that we've spent in the vehicle together, you know, that's why, man, the first thing I wanted to do was invite you to be with us you know, this coming September, I'd love to just have you there at camp, man. And, and, uh, so we ain't just hauling elk by ourselves. <laughs> so it was some selfish intent. Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert, Gilbert and Chav like to shoot stuff a long way yeah. out. It's a heck of a ride. I can promise you. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, is, there is a uh, method okay. to that madness. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I said, I, I'm, uh, uh, I'm very impressed by you and, and, you know, I am the first person to teach my athletes and, and people in my life, surround yourself with people that make your life more rich and, uh, and, you know, give you a basis for solid things to happen. And, you know, just from what I've seen in you, that you've done in your life, the type of person that you've been, gosh, in just our two days, because this is day two for us, y'all. This is day, day two, two right now. We already got them saying y'all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm a southern boy, so y'all <laughs> kind of flow out of me a little bit. That You know, that's the other thing. You know, Texas did not invent everything, man. <laughs> Almost. 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 The rest of it's just the Venezuelans. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the rest of it's in South Texas. South we're on the second day of our hunt. Um, we're down here hunting pigs. And uh, um, day one, I really thought I was done after the first 15 minutes. And... Joe, uh, there's no limit on them. You can whack them and stack them, brother. <laughs> well, for those of y'all that don't know, you know, an, an elk kill zone is, you know, pretty doggone big. And if you want to know what the kill zone is on a wild pig, you take that, that elk kill zone and you just push everything forward to about the size of my hand. Yeah. And that's the kill zone on one of those. And I had a called in a pig uh, to... 30 yards and made what I thought was a perfect shot right behind the shoulder. And, and if you shoot behind the shoulder on a pig, you might get liver from what I understand now, but, and I, and I think I did have liver blood and, uh, and then it was kind of quartering to me just slightly. So when you hit behind that shoulder, you're in the paunch, man. I mean, you got to be up on that thing to really hit that small kill zone. So, I waited my half hour, and I went and uh, trailed this pig. Um, I ended up, y'all, in 
crawling on my elbows and belly through some holes I never thought. Rare rabbit couldn't go through. Oh my god! <laughs> thorns everywhere. Everything. Yeah, thorns it, it, it's true. Everything in Texas is either going to stick, bite, scratch, or poke you. <laughs> that's, that's, I have. And a, it's all poisonous. <laughs> it's all poisonous. Yeah. Everything's poisonous. I, I do have a, a brand new pack that does not look new brand anymore. New. It's been broken, cut up, ripped up, and shredded. It's got but character the, now, Joe. It does. But I ended up, uh, it was about an hour and a half, following that blood trail, crawling through these holes, come around, and 10 feet away from this pig, I saw her when she saw me, and it got western real quick. (laughs) It really did. These are critters that got a grizzly bear attitude here in Texas. I mean, you got to understand, everything down here is trying to eat them, right? Right. And, uh. Thus, when they get cornered, they try to eat everything, you know. So I mean, they're a they're a, they're a nuisance animal down here. Farmers hate them. Uh, you know, these guys are here helping us on the conservation side of helping our deer herd and and helping the land and everything else. So we can't thank y'all enough for being here. Every pig you take out of here is one less I got to kill. And, uh, at the well, end of the day, worry about for sure. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, look, these things are hardy. Uh, if you're gonna bow hunt them down here, you better come correct. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's not easy. People yeah. think that you just walk out there and you just walk up on a pig. That's not how it works. No, it's it. I <laughs> tell you, very you, wary animals. It, it's and I ended up, you know, after everything broke loose there and that pig headed out, I you know. Tried to find sign again, never did. Ended up not recovering that animal, which drove me nuts. And uh, we've been looking so, for buzzards ever since. I try to tell him buzzards, they're so bad, buzzards won't even eat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're going to eat it. And, and yeah. you guys, man, every time I look, in fact, on Elk Bros, we need to have a little section there just for the the Venezuelan Re- recipes. mafia recipes recipe section. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a that's good idea. secret. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I may take a, just a, a quick comment back, you know, you're talking about the vitals on the pigs, right? right. Um, I started bow hunting three years ago, and, and I started through uh, Gilbert and, and through Manano. Kind of both of them were pulling me in that direction without them knowing each other, right? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting when I got Team into bow Matthews hunting. Then <laughs> we started, you know, I started bow hunting with with Beto. Then I started bow hunting with Manano. And, oh, Beto, and, by the way, is Gilbert. Gilbert is it's the nickname that Manano gave, Manano uh, gave, it to me. gave uh, Gilbert. So, so we, uh, uh, him and I started hunting public land. He'd been hunting public land here in the U.S. for a couple of years prior to that. And, um, and we started hunting public land and I just developed a passion for, for killing and harvesting and hunting hogs. Um, he, he was hunting deer back then and, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of, it all transformed and we just got so obsessed with, Hey, these hogs, you know, we have to, we have to harvest these hogs. We have to figure out where to, where to shoot them. We went through a very frustrating few years of trying to find where are the vitals on these animals right, you know right, we looked right. online and we we tried different things and and it, you know the feeling that you had today right. we've gone over that feeling with hogs Several times. so many times yeah. so many times right. and, and 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 i don't know if that difficulty with that animal is what makes it special i remember a conversation with you mm-hmm. uh in l camp when you told me that 
elk for you are is your spiritual animal right. for some reason that's my creator that that's your creator right. the same i i feel something similar with the pigs right yeah. with the hogs and <laughs> not a bad and, thing and today you guys yeah. pretty but you, it ain't bad you guys know the story you guys know the story about today so yeah. so you, you the audience knows um we have a term that comes from animals that um you know how we call uh the from my fever. father from my father yeah, from from your father. Yeah, so how we call um, buck fever, buck fever. Mm-hmm. and so his father calls it uh, virulacus, and uh, so now that term is well known within our group, and and we all know what virulacus means. So uh, I get, you know, extreme extreme virulacus when <laughs> when I'm exposed to pigs for some reason. I've been. You know, in front of, of the elk, and of course I do, and in front of uh, deer, and of course I get nervous, but, you know... I've seen it firsthand, people. He was in a tree stand with me and almost passed out. <laughs> and the pig didn't move. He just went down right there. I'm telling you, I had to keep him from falling out. Good thing we were strapped in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, I mean, just going back to the point, it's just... Uh, it's such an amazing hunt. It's very different from 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 everything else, but that's what makes it so fun, so challenging, and and right. it makes you work even harder and harder as far as practicing, making sure you have tight. <laughs> I, I think everybody out there can tell, you know, why we hang around these guys, man. Their passion for what they do and um, the enjoyment of just being around each other and stuff is is just just tremendous and. Um, you haven't heard a whole lot from Manano over here, but uh, uh, I think it's pretty special because he's just an awesome hum- human being, and um, he's going to be a father. Yeah, baby boy, yeah, going to be called Tomas. Tomas Jose? Tomas Jose. Yeah, I've been trying to bring that in all the time. Tomas Jose? Well, Adam would kill me. (laughs) And if you're listening, he's just kidding. (laughs) Why is he just kidding? I I don't get that part. (laughs) So, you know, uh, guys, we're really... Uh, happy to have you along this reunion that we're having and you can see why we enjoy each other's company so much and 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 what it means to us and um you know it's pretty special and and we all have special wives that uh, allow us to shout out to all our wives miss kelly in h-town love you baby (laughs) and and you know they are i mean they they realize what this means to us and and how short life is and allows us to um, be around each other and, and and create those memories. That's right, Joe. We've yeah. lost several of our elk hunting brothers just yeah. in the past few years. So more and more of this we need to cherish because we don't know how many more seasons we have left. No, right? I'm in, and that's just it. You know, that's one of the reasons that Chav and I are down here. For sure. You know, is that... You know, we we talk about how people should do things, but, you know, you can talk about doing things year after year after year. But, guys, I mean, my my daughter has um, an expression, YOLO, you only live once. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as we start to get older, uh, we've had some real close friends that have passed away. And, you know, you, you go there and you realize that, you know we got to quit talking about things and and it's not that hard to 
just go and do it. You exactly. know, just got to step up and go do it. So well, we appreciate you guys mm-hmm. taking time out of your lives to come and and uh, be a part of ours down here in our little piece of heaven. It gets hot down here because it feels like hell Real sometimes. Hot. But at the end of the day, with our piece of heaven where we get to do what we love down here. And uh, you know, I know you've had a extraordinary couple of days hunting, Joe. Chavs had a, a really good time. Uh, we he put had a him pig a, under him tonight. I mean, just mm-hmm. like right under him. Yeah, huh? we put him in a blind the first first day. Uh, put him in a in a really cool spot that uh, I love to bow hunt. And uh, tell us about what happened to you on your first. On <laughs> well, your first, well uh, even going back a there. little further than that, uh, you know, when we were talking about coming out here and, and hunting pigs, uh, you know, it was like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was reco- I like bacon. Uh, yeah, I was recovering from a hamstring pull, so. Gilbert sends me uh, a motivational tape. It shows a bow hunter hitting a a pig, and then the pig running after the bow hunter. <laughs> and, and I, and I thought, says, "I'll be the one in the tree." I said, "Okay." I said, "Find a tree stand." <laughs> and I did. And then uh, back in 2004, I think I got bit by a rattlesnake, and it was an interesting experience. But the doctor said <laughs> you can't get bit a second time. <laughs> so we're so here I in said, Texas country. rattlesnakes. <laughs> but Joe stopped at a God, I don't remember Academy yeah, sporting yeah, goods yeah, store yeah, we and, and, and bought some uh, rattlesnake proof gators. I guess is what they're supposed to be. We got so. you covered. Yeah. <laughs> I got covered. Yeah. Uh, so that first morning, you know, I had uh, four good sized pigs come by the the feeder and and just kind of mill around, but. Couldn't get a shot. Uh, there were three black ones and a spotted one, and the spotted one looked, you know, kind of ugh. <laughs> right. And then the monster came through. I don't know if it was the mother or or a, just a big <laughs> or <boar>. a brother, <laughs> but uh, ugly looking, Hogzilla. probably three hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he did afford me an opportunity, so you know, I took a shot. And again, lessons learned. If you ever go to uh, elkrose.com. I've written some stories, and one of them is called Snafus and Misadventures. Got a new one. So I got a new one, too, to add to that. Uh, you know, I put my 30-yard pin on him where I wanted it, released, and it went right over his back. And lesson learned is, you know, bend at the waist and then try yeah. that. Yeah. Or even aim a little bit lower. I think I probably would have hit it. To build confidence shooting out of a tree or out of a tripod, it yeah, takes right. doing it. Yeah, it and that was my first uh, first time from a tree stand. That's so. right. And, and, you know, we always preach, you know, when we talk about confidence, we talk about, you know, doing the things you're going to do in That's the actual right. hunt. You want to find those points of failure and eliminate those. But right. one thing that Chad and I don't have... We don't have a tree stand, and That's right. you know we we don't right. have that opportunity to practice out of that, you know. But back to that exact same point, I just want to make a quick parenthesis and talk about what you just said, Chav. You know, we learn through the process of making those mistakes as right. well in public right. land. We were hunting uh, public land uh, two years ago, and I was on a tree stand that we put together. We put up a uh, um, uh, southwest of, of Weatherford, and. Uh, you know, I had this 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 buck that came underneath my tree my tree stand, and I I was like, I'm this is it. We're gonna finally capitalize and kill a deer in public lands. So I drew, I stood up on the tree stand and I drew, and as I shot him, I shot right over uh, his back, 
and I just couldn't believe what just happened. I mean, I you know I, I felt proficient at the at the time with my bow. That buck ran another thirty yards, did the same thing. Drew shot him, went right over his back again, and I'm sitting there just you know going through everything, and I just couldn't understand what was going on. I remember that day I called uh, Gilbert after uh, we finished hunting, and I said, "Man, this is what happened to me." So that tip about bending at the waist sure. is right. something that I had no clue about, and right. I was so not believing it. And I was like, I co- couldn't understand how it would really change your anchoring point, but it does. Right. So for you guys out there that have never hunted on a tree stand and 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 thinking or you're about doing downhill in the mountains, I, right? I agreed a hundred percent. So. So my you know, cousin Ty practice those shots. Yeah, practice them. <clears throat> my cousin Ty taught me how to bow hunt. Uh, him and my uncle Skeeter. Uh, we were young kids, fourteen, fifteen years old. Uh, we were hunting with an old bear white-tailed two bow that you could pull back, and I swear to God, you were holding a, a three hundred pound Russian boar by the butt. Because I'm telling you, it was everything you could do to hold it back. And we used fingers, long veins, and Rocky Mountain Thunderhead broadheads. Uh, old ancient song guns and uh anyhow uh he they taught me how to bow hunt and uh i bet you i shot over the first seven or eight deer i ever shot a bow at and i kept i kept going man i can hit everything i can hit a bottle cap at 30 yards with that Mm -hmm. thing you know how in the world am i missing these deer well, number one, a bare white tail two sounds like a three fifty seven magnum when it goes off, and we all know <laughs> if you've ever hunted here in Texas out of a tree and you shoot at a white tail, they they squat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just happens. Well, they were really squatting because you know I was between that magical nineteen and thirty yards where they can really react. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember my uncle told me he said, "Well, one of the problems that you're probably having is you're not bending at the waist when you're up in that tree stand." I learned at bending at the waist and shooting. I, my pen doesn't leave hair, but I shoot a little bit low no matter what. That generally makes it happen, right? right? Those are the lessons learned. That sure. It's taken me 30-plus years of bow hunting to build, to that, get, confidence. To build that confidence, right? And, and truly, the last couple of podcasts we've had has all been about confidence, right? right. And how and, we build it, Joe. And, and that's, that's the whole thing. So, you know... That's a great segue there, Gilbert, man. Uh, I'm getting a little better at it. Because <laughs> I know everybody's waiting to hear a little bit about confidence. And, you know, I think the last time we've covered, you know, we talked about being confident because of your physical fitness. You know, and... Why did you look at me, man? <laughs> <laughs> What's this all about, man? Yeah, it's, it's so funny because now that we, you know, now in the podcast, guys that we hunt with, you know, we'll do a podcast and... Uh, you want to turn that down for yeah. me, bud? We'll do a podcast, and we'll get phone calls from buddies going, Are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, we are. <laughs> so, warning, bro. <laughs> we'll make you famous. <laughs> that's, that's all right, man. It, it's hard to – we were moving a feeder today. And mm-hmm. doggone Kenny Mack gets over there and says, here, let me move that. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Guy's a beast. Um, but in talking about confidence, one of the things that we were going to talk about, a huge one to help you out with elk hunting is elk calling confidence. And, and when I talk about elk calling confidence, it's not so much, 
you don't have to be a professional to call an elk. Um, it sure helps. Well, you know, but again, it's that work, will, and desire. Right. You know, um, and you've heard us talk in podcasts past. You know, I talked about, you know, Luis in the last year. Mm-hmm. Luis, um, in just a year from him first getting a diaphragm call and starting to use it and sounding horrible. He called every stray cat in off the mountain. That's cool. Here we go again. You know, and, and honestly, he just, but even though he did not sound good and, you know, guys, ladies, kids, when you guys first start doing a diaphragm call, it's kind of like your child when they first bring home their musical instrument for band. Oof. It's like, Oh my gosh! Could you do that out in the garage? You know, so gotta hear my podcast. <laughs> so, so your family members they they go through a lot, and uh, you know, I know that you do a commute going yes, to work, sir. and he would call me up on his commute. Oh, you feel the pain too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'd have to feel the pain a lot. Yep. But he's like, Joe, how's this sound? You know, and I'm. You try to be encouraging. You know, it's... He's a lot nicer to you than he was to me. No, no. No, don't do that. (laughs) And, you know, uh, so the thing is, is when you start with elk calling, um, yeah, it's important to start getting a sound out. um, And... But don't be discouraged because everybody starts in the same place. That's right. You know, Not knowing um, what we're doing. They, they make these diaphragm calls and they make them in all different shapes, sizes, colors. Uh, you know, I, I know you had a hard time. Right. When, yeah. When I first I wanted to try, just tickled my palate and I just yeah. kind of. One of the things you taught didn't me like that it was all. such a big thing for me is everybody has a different size, size palate. palate. Right. So I have to shave all of mine. Sure. And it makes a huge difference. Out right. of the box, I can kind of make it do what I want to but as soon as I cut that thing to fit my help fit my palate the the edge around that man and and shape it a little bit I can really make it dance then. you know and there's some of them that have uh palate plates on That's top right. of them that help out mm-hmm. uh, because the, you know when you start using these and what I tell people is is just work at getting the sound out you know, don't worry about sounding like anything in particular. And if you've called turkeys with a diaphragm call, you you can call elk. For sure. But, yep. you know, when you talk about elk calling confidence, people are worried about sounding bad in front of other people. So the only thing I can tell you is, is, is the worst elk call I ever heard was from an elk. A real bull. Yep. Yeah, an actual bull, man. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was going in on this thing. I, I, I tell you, Kenny, when I was going in on this bull, it was like, oh, my God, that hunter is horrible, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're kind of going in and boom, there's a bull right in front of you, you know. And uh, so, you know, you don't have to be perfect and all elk sound different. What you have to learn to do is to tell a story. You got to understand why you're calling and what the purpose is of your calling. You know, are you trying to call a, a cow in? Are you trying to sound like uh, a cow 
that uh, is trying to get a bull to come in? You know, is that, are you a bull that has a group of cows with you and is trying to fend off other bulls that might be coming there? Are you rounding up your cows? There's different reasons and different stories. And when you learn to tell those stories and understand that, it makes it so much easier. You know, when we go out there and we hear a bull calling, the first thing that we're doing is we're evaluating what's going on in that bull's life. You know, does that bull have cows with him? Is he a satellite? Is he a lone bull that's looking for cows? You know, and, and you try to get those bulls in two different ways. So I think that's real important. And I'll tell you this. If you've never used a diaphragm call, I'm going to tell you the cheapest, most effective elk call there is, is raking a tree. And all that takes is breaking a branch. You know, uh, so this year in 2018, when uh, I killed my bull, I'm actually trying to bring the bull into chaff here. And as that bull is coming in, I've I've got him lit up. And what I mean is he's he's engaged. He's just really going off every time I'm going with him. And I'm telling a story because when that bull would scream at me i did not even let him finish and i was cutting him off right away like you know forget you i'm the man in the woods you know and it just really got to him and as he started to light up chav i'm not able to see you you're able to see Mm -hmm. how many bulls do you have in front of you yeah about seven bulls that morning and and i'm back behind him up on the ridge and i pick up a stick and i'm gonna let you take it from there Okay, well, yeah, uh, Joe picks up his stick and starts raking the tree, and that bull immediately runs over to a small bush and just destroys the tree, and then bugles and runs right towards Joe. <laughs> and I'm facing the other way because these other elk had gone to my right to try and scent me. One did, uh, two followed. There's always one smart one. And I was on my knees facing that direction, and I was trying to swing across real quick because he came by me about 35 yards and just kind of disappeared. And before I knew it, uh, uh, he ran right to you, huh? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, 18 yards he came up to me. But, you know, there was a point where I never even called with my diaphragm call. All I did was rake. rake. And especially early season, I think it's so effective. And, you know, when I I tell people, um, I think that is one of the most underused calls that you can do out there. And you get a a bull invested and involved, that's really really the way to go with it. You know, the other thing is, is to have elk calling confidence. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a diaphragm call because there's a lot of read calls. I mean, you... Your first part of your career was all with recalls, right? And mm-hmm. uh, squeeze calls. In fact, Hoochie I think you guys, Hoochie Mama, <laughs> Hoochie Mama. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys called Chav Hoochie Mama, Hoochie. right? This, yeah. this uh, that's our uh, radio code. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Hoochie Mama out there, and and, and they're effective. Oh yeah, you know? a lot of bulls being killed with the Hoochie Mama. And I think the whole thing about being confident is not necessarily being all that great and skilled is just knowing when mm-hmm. and what time to do that. And we're going to really talk about that. And 
on our Elk Bros uh, site, on our Elk Calling, on our academy that we have, um, our Blue Collar Elk Academy, we're going to go through step by step on that. You know, when Luis, when you started, you know, one of the, the biggest things, and when I tell people when they take a diaphragm call, I tell them just to start getting some kind of noise. You know, when it doesn't have to be just learning on. Just by dropping your jaw, right. get some kind of noise coming right. out of it, right? And that's once you start just making a noise, then you can just start working other things. But that's going to come to you guys. Just work on it. You know, like I said, you'd call me. You'd send me recorded yes. <laughs> sessions, mm-hmm. you know, yes. on how he's doing and stuff. And, and it, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, for a solid year, I drove every dog in my neighborhood and slapped crazy. <laughs> my neighbors were like, what in the world is right. going on? I'd yeah. right walk around the block with my bugle tube, and I don't know what the heck I was sounding like, but I was making noise with it. But right. I recommend to people, you can do a recall, you can do yeah. a, a handheld call, you can do a squeeze call. But I recommend to anybody out there, get you a grunt tube, get you a diaphragm call, um, we'll talk about different diaphragm calls later on and just start working that. And the grunt tube is huge. I could, and I, and I don't want to do any of these calls right now with this mouth mic on because I'll just blow everybody out. Um, but if you just do, uh, that that grunt tube alone makes such a change it does. to what your call sounds yeah. like. It's for volume. It's for Projection. sending things and projecting it in an area. Um, projecting it behind you, yeah. and and we'll talk about those strategies later on on that. But and can I add real quick? I mean, you know, starting out, um, you're going to make mistakes. The first few sounds that are going to come out of your mouth are going to be terrible. But just figure a way to kind of bl- uh, blend them in, you know, and then just try to fix it as you go, and then. You know, try it again and 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 keep trying that. And it, it, sometimes you feel the whole woods are listening just to your call when you come out and 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 try it. And uh, it, you know, it, it's tough initially. It's it's difficult. That you, you feel embarrassed when a weird sound comes out, and especially when you're hanging out with all these silverbacks that you know are <laughs> artists at at calling these animals and and talking to them right it's it because they they communicate in an incredible way they just go back and forth in the way they talk but um just just try it you know and, and keep keep on doing it i'm you know i'm long ways to go but uh this last season to me was a little bit of a breakthrough these guys allowed me to start using the call with them and and you know, gave me instructions on how we were going to reply and talk to each other. And I thought, you know, we, we made some really, really cool setups and, and, and brought some bulls in. And, and, you know, I, you know, when we were talking about um, making the noise and breaking the branches, you know, we, we brought in that, that bull for Manano that way, you know, and we kind of play it as a team, you know, you send me to, you know, to break the right. branches while you were still calling and, and just, kind of playing the scenarios and trying to work the bulls in. So 
it's it's an amazing experience and and you cannot have the full experience if you don't really communicate with these animals the way they do so or I if you don't have the real the good shooter oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. but at the, at the at the end of the day this is you know try it and and it's tough it's difficult but it just comes with time and it's you got to keep practicing throughout the year because what happens is, you know, the season starts over and then you're back to square one. So, so great content again with, you know, the Venezuelan mafia. We got Joe Gillian in the house here live out of South Texas. We're in elk camp, but we're down in South Texas. Joe and Leroy Chavez, Kenny Mack in the house, giving you great content on what it's taken for these guys to become better elk hunters in you in their confidence in calling i've been around this guy i think is probably one of the best if not the best caller i've ever heard in my life if you guys ever get an opportunity to hunt with joe joe guides for several different people but he is our personal guide in camp every year we get a few days with him before we have to release him to the public and he go (laughs) be the man elsewhere uh but at the end of the day you know i've gotten to hunt with chav for the last three or four years and i'm telling you right now this guy has such an anointing on his life when it comes to understanding elk behaviors and their behaviors and i've told this told y'all many stories about him taking me to places and i'm going oh my god why are we going up here but it turns out that it's the right thing to do and he's always been the one to say okay Give this kind of bugle or give right. this kind of cow call, right? And I'm think, and I'm I'm trying to soak all that in, right? Why am I doing that, right. right? Why am I speaking this way? And he's always so good to break it down after you've done it. He's like, that was tremendous, <laughs> and you said you sounded like this because that way. Right. So I can't thank these guys enough for instilling Absolutely. that confidence in me. It's been ten years. Right, uh, this will be the tenth season that I've gotten to hunt with right. you guys, and the, it's truly I feel more blessed today than ever <laughs> that I can go into the woods and I feel like I could, if I can see one or hear one, I can go get it. You know, uh, it that's with everything. Like you know how you were talking earlier that when you get that first bull, that it gets easier. Yep. When you call in that first animal, that same it's result driven. For you sure. start to get yes, excited sir. about that. It gets better, and, and you, you start to work at it. And, you know, you guys out there don't have to wait 10 years. I mean, no. you've got YouTube. You've got yep. uh, forums like this. You have so many tools and so many opportunities that you can make things better by learning about the animals and learning how to call. But, Joe, and, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you agree, though, that experience, there's nothing like experience being in the woods? No, there, there's feel, nothing like experience, that, right? but the great thing is is now you can you can benefit from other people's experience no in no so doubt. many different Absolutely. ways. Yes, sir. You know, and where before, you know, a lot of people were closed vested. You come across hunters a lot of times and... There's not many, you know, they're like, yeah, we, we got an elk over, you know, yonder someplace. It, yeah. They don't really share that yeah, often. We ain't but... telling you where we're doing it either. <laughs> but, at the, but at the end of the day, we're going to tell you how we did it. <laughs> to your point, I, I used to go to YouTube and try to find actual elk bugles and, and cow right. calls yeah. and, and just download that into the phone and just play the audio over and over. Because the more you listen to it and the more you try to 
you know, repeat Emulated, the sounds. Yep. Uh, no, that's exactly it, it right. It helps a lot. So you know, one of the most effective things, and and this is once you guys get calling, one of the most effective things that I would do is when I would get involved with a bull, instead of me trying to figure out what to do with the bull, I would just mimic everything that he, he was doing. I would copy him back, mm-hmm. and it would tick him off <laughs> so much. It was yeah. like, I guess it's kind of like your your little brother, yeah. little yeah. sister, when yeah, you say, so. you know, yeah, you can go to the house. Yeah, I can go to the house. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it just gets irritating, yeah. you know. And, uh, I mean, uh, there was one time that me and a bull were going back and forth, and the bull came in. I ended up shooting it at about 35 yards. And then, you know, I, I started, we have calls and signals that Chab and I have to bring each other in. And, and I got Chab with him. I said, did you see that bull? And he goes, what bull? Yeah, I said, you didn't hear us screaming back and forth? And he's like, I thought that was you the whole time. You know, it, It's just, it, it was very effective. And that's something to remember, you know, there. But the, the thing that I want people to understand with confidence is that, when you're shooting, if you shoot with good form and, and you hit where you're supposed to, well, that reinforces that good form and you develop confidence. It's just that repetition doing things over and over. Yeah. For, you know, we experienced that this year, Chav and I. I'd, I've already, I'd already killed a bull, and we decided to go back up and look for something that I'd misplaced my hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lost, I, I don't know, bears eating my hat or something up there. But <laughs> anyhow, we decided we'd go up there, and I brought my bugle tube and my in my uh, diaphragm call, and we actually had that same thing. We encountered a herd of bulls and some cows come into a park, and I just mimicked the bulls back and forth. And, I mean, it was a scream fest for 12 to 15 minutes. These bulls would be incensed that they couldn't find us, right? And they were incensed that I would do exactly like they did. Right. Uh, Even... My weakest part was been chuckling, but I got better right then because I could hear those bulls mm-hmm. chuckle. So I would mimic their chuckle. Man, they couldn't handle that. I no, mean, that's... we could have killed any one of those bulls in that park. We could have killed if we needed to. But that helped me so much being able to mimic that. In, and it in... builds your confidence, oh, my you know. Gosh. And, Unbelievable. And that's what I'm saying to anybody is, is, is don't listen to Joe Gillia call. Don't listen to Gilbert call and right. try to do what they do. Listen to an elk. That's right. And try to do what so, that elk does, and you'll learn so many, so many different vocalizations because they, they are so vocal. And you will also learn that they're terrible sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so I will confess that I have recordings of you that I play over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Just to want to add that, you know, I, I believe uh, that's right. I have an elk on video that I showed you guys yep. uh, that. A lot of people don't realize when you see a bull, you don't know what that bull's been doing all night. And this bull screaming all had night. been screaming all night so much. He was by the time I got to him, he had laryngitis, man. And, I mean, he's coming in. Wee! And I was like, what the heck is that? Wee! And I have, if, if you look at our Elk Bros intro video, you'll see a bull walk through the pine trees and step out at 12 yards and that bull came in screaming the whole time and he came in screaming like it was was horrible he's a he's a hog too oh it was a it was a nice bull so that's what we're telling you now if i was if i were you 
and you want the advice on what to do, learn three basic calls. Learn to do a basic cow mew, cow call. Learn to do a basic bull bugle. A locator. Well, oh, okay. So I'm not even going to break it down into locating bull, challenging yeah. call. I'm not going to do any of that. Just learn to do a basic bugle. Because when you do that bugle, how what type of emotion you do with that bugle can make it so many different things. Mm -hmm. So just learn to do that basic bugle. And learn to do a basic bull chuckle. Because I will tell you this. Early season, you can call in more bulls with a chuckle than you will with a bugle. You know? You can call in more bulls with a cow call than you will with a bugle. You know, that if if I'm moving, uh, we go out early, huh, guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're yes. out there before daylight. Yeah. We're locating <laughs> in the dark. Mm -hmm. And then we the whole idea is to locate, get close, and be on them when daylight happens. And, you know, if you use that location bugle, you can locate them, and then you just cut that distance, get close, and then you make mm -hmm. something happen. So... As far as elk calling confidence, it's just like anything else. Listen to something. It, anything in life, if you want to be good at something, find something that's good at it and mimic it. Yep. I and, tell my players all the time, you'll be good at ping pong, you got to play a, a lot of ping pong. Right. Right. You'll be good at softball, you got to play a lot yeah. of softball. And you guys out there, you're going to get a chance to, to hear a beginner because Chav, my, my brother Chav right here, has been calling with the diaphragm call this year. Right. And uh, that's that's pretty cool. We have one person in the group right now that's still lacking. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! We will get a diaphragm in his mouth. Well, I, I would like to add for people with no skills like me, the most important thing that you have to know is a Joji phone number. Manano doesn't call. Right. Uh, Luis does, right? Right. Uh, Manano has a kill under his belt. Yes, you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> so, Thank you, Joe. <laughs> it wasn't me. So it was Look, pretty awesome. So, you know. Joe called my first build in, too. And it was epic. Joe knew exactly what that bull was going to do. And only a guy with Joe's experience would have knew what that bull was going to do because I had no clue. And it it went from zero to 100 that quick. And But Joe, the experience that Joe had, the ability to know that <clears throat> that, that bull was going to do what Joe wanted him to do, was it was epic. I mean, my first bull kill was... I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But a lot. Do you know how many I have blown up? You know, I mean. Oh, for, yeah, we did for, a bunch. I mean, for every we successful. And that's what I'm saying for people out there is it, don't worry about that. Man, when you're going out and you're just being, getting after it, you're going to blow things up. Not everything's going to go your way. We did a bunch. And, and you learn from that. So that, I think that it, it's real important. So this whole thing is about confidence. Yeah. Confidence for calling. And you're going to get that by understanding, cutting yourself some slack, learning it, mimicking it, find the basic stuff, and just go out and do it. You know, when we Mess were out there up. this yep. year, I, I told Luis, start calling. 
Yeah. He's like, really? Yeah, <laughs> dude. I mean, just do it. I mean, that's why you're practicing. Just start doing it. And that's all you can do. So uh, when you see that first one, it. it I, absolutely. And, and one of the things I want to add as well is um, that third call that you're talking about, the chuckle. So difficult. You oh, yeah. know, and, and, and for me, that's the most challenging one for sure. I don't, I'm not even close to being half proficient at it. Um, well, we're going to teach you that. And, on and, and as a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I recall one of our first hunts this past uh, this last season, we were out there and you were you were trying to locate and we heard some bulls and something sounded and I turned I was like no man that sounded like a monkey and your eyes got this big and he you said that's a bull get ready let's get set up and I'm like that's no way that could be a bull and it's just the way it sounded but <laughs> chuckles yes sir yeah. just like yeah. that it sounded yeah. so weird so like that me, I never I never even weird. thought that was going to be a, um, a chuckle so um also wanted to add with regards to Manano's uh um harvest last year um that was caught on video and that was an amazing 64 yard shot with a draw that lasted looked like an eternity just for waiting yeah that was one of those uh september october november (laughs) (laughs) yes sir yes sir so i mean props to him obviously you two guys teamed up that day and you know made the seal the deal and uh, it just, I enjoy watching that video so much because it just, that shot was just perfect. Yeah, it was, it was pretty so, cool. So, okay. you know, pretty much um, when we talk about elk calling confidence and saying it that way without going into this is how you do it, we're going to do all that later on. But again, we're just talking about the steps you need to take to have that confidence. And, and I think that's, you know, it's just like what we're doing out here. You know, this is something we've never done before. Um, we're out here getting poked, scratched, and, and loving every minute of it. Right. We're having a, bl- a blast down here in South Texas. And um, the next time you hear our podcast, it, you know, Gilbert's going to be in Houston. We're going to be in New Mexico. Uh, we can't wait till September when we get all of us together in, in, our, in our new edition here. Yeah, the new <laughs> edition. You know, Kenny Mac. But, but before we go... Um, you know, I would like to. Uh, everybody's had a surprise here today, and I, we have a surprise for you guys as well. And so, we've we've got a little something that we want to give you guys because now you've hunted in Texas, and so we got these these two pins that are the Texas uh, state seals that we'll <laughs> like to uh, give you guys as That's the as kind of now guys we hunt with. the hunters. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to try to get close <laughs> to the camera just to see if they can see the seal. Um, but uh, it's just a little nice souvenir that we got for new Texas hunters. And, and <laughs> well, thank guys. you, and bud. We want to thank you for coming. Thank so. you. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. You thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. So, Where tomorrow? You know, the only thing we have for you to represent New Mexico, if I remember right, you came to the house and my wife fed you enchiladas, right? And that was pretty cool. And I have one of the um uh the, the teeth, the elk teeth that you the gave me from from that, that elk that you killed right. uh with, yeah. with me. We're gonna wrap year, our so. hands around a bull this year for you, Luis. So I'm, I'm real confident Absolutely. in that. And and again, I'm not you know, I'm not too worried about it. Um, yeah. Definitely loved your previous podcast when you did that regression from right. 
actually harvesting the bowl all the way back to the, the whole preparation and and uh you know that's what's all about at the end of the day you know i do have that visualization in mind and i have it every day um as he says you wake up every day thinking that you're gonna you know seal the deal that day but uh it, that's really not what's all PMA. about. It's yeah, definitely the cherry. Right. It's definitely the cherry on top of the cake, oh, but yeah. but it's not it's not the cake. Yeah, so. not the whole cake. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it, it's nice to bring that home. And uh, right. so we'll we'll talk more about that. We're gonna have a great time in Elk Camp absolutely. this year. Um, at the end of the day, we can't thank y'all enough for being here. Sure. We can't thank you guys enough for having us in your homes, in your cars. Uh, you guys keep checking us out at elkbros.com. Uh, I, from myself here in South, deep South Texas, uh, we got Leroy, Chav, Chavez, Joe Gillia, Kenny Mac, Kenny McCorkle, and Manano and Luis here. We thank you guys for being with us tonight. We'll catch you next week. Don't, don't miss it. It's going to be really good. Thank y'all for being here on Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Good night, y'all. Good night. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.